0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. My name is Amber, and today I have a special episode for you. I'll be interviewing my former client, and we are going to be talking about how she went from dating to exclusive, and you'll hear the whole story. Before we get into that, I want to share with you my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes. Also, if you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, you definitely should. I've been posting videos every day with little tips and little reminders for dating. So um, definitely check it out. The name on Instagram is my first and last name. You can also find it below in the show notes. And lastly, if you're not on the wait list yet for the program from Dating to Exclusive, make sure you get on the wait list so you can secure your spot and also get the early bird discount. This is the program that this client went through to go from dating to exclusive. So you can hear a little bit about the process that we go through together and how it works. And it's a really amazing program, not just because of what I offer and the curriculum that I take you through and the coaching that you receive, but also because of the community of other amazing women and the support that you get from the group and going through it together. So if you want to join the next round, we're starting in October and we're enrolling in September, and the link is going to be in the show notes below. All right, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit let's just start with where you were before you joined the program what was dating like for you and why were you interested in a dating coaching program
1: yeah i was in a spot of having an online profile but not getting a whole lot of traction spending like all of my time just like swiping and matching with people but um i'd only got on a, a few dates which hadn't ended well. And I was just like exhausted of the dating process. Um, But made the decision to sign up for the program because I knew I wanted to be in a relationship. And I felt like the path I was on wasn't going to lead there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I think it's time to get extra help and develop more of a strategy around this. And so I had binged like every single one of your podcast episodes and was like, I think Amber would have a lot of good advice
0: to give around this area. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you joined. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the first things that came up was a lot of um, resistance or avoidance around relationships in general. So can you speak a little bit to the avoidance that you were feeling and where that was coming from?
1: Yeah, I think it was hesitancy to get in another relationship and get, have my heart broken. You know, I've had a few relationships, like, not end how I thought they would. And so I was scared to dive in again um, and have it end in heartbreak. Um, I also don't want to play into the trend of, like, some of the unhealthy couples or relationships that I see that they're not happy. And I'm like, I don't want that, but I don't know how to create something different. And so it's kind of avoiding getting in a relationship to just avoid failure by never participating in it yeah. at all.
0: Yeah. And um, I also know one thing that played a role in that was your parents' relationship and kind of the messages that you were receiving from your parents. What kinds of things were you, like, what were the messages that you were taught about relationships growing up?
1: I think I received a lot of messages of, like, nobody's ever really happy in a relationship. Um, It's a lot of cutting the other person down, and eventually you're going to grow tired of them. It's only a matter of time. (laughs) Um, And those are, like, really negative stories to hear. Yeah. And a lot of being okay with stepping into a relationship was writing like a new story around that and deciding what I wanted to take in as truth myself and omit.
0: So. Yeah. Even as you just said that, I was like, ugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that
0: just sounds so taxing and exhausting. So one what was the first shift that you made that Was helpful for rewriting that story about, like, or getting warmed up to the idea about getting into a relationship.
1: Hmm. I guess the language you encouraged us to use was like the it's possible Mm -hmm. statement. And so rather than immediately jumping to a new belief, just first making room for something different to be possible. So, like, the belief originally was relationships um, will never work out and to first shift that into it's possible for a relationship to work out and then to make that space for that to be true and look for evidence in the world around me and so to like look for friends that have found it or um, other examples or to study ways to help relationships work like what What does a good partnership look like? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So actually tell us a little bit about your family that you're friends with and the homework you got there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And lucky I have like two or three couples that I really admire and like seeing them interact, it's just so refreshingly different. (laughs) Um, And it does instill the hope that something different is possible and I think something I noticed with them is it's relationships require an investment of time from both parties and it doesn't mean just because two people are compatible they effortlessly work out and you never have any conflict or misunderstandings but it's this like this willingness to both invest in it and overcome those and become stronger because of it is really admiring. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. so did you have a chance to do your homework yet with Tom? <laughs> Uh I have
1: dipped my toes into the homework. <laughs> but I'm scared to have like a, a formal relation, um, conversations about the relationship, but I spent some time observing them. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So <laughs> Just to clarify, the homework that I gave her was to ask those couples how to have a relationship like they have. Like, how did you do this? What was your mindset in the dating process with who you were selecting? What is your mindset in the relationship? And not just what they say, but also just things that you pick up on. Like, sometimes people don't realize that their thoughts are mindsets. Like, well, you know you just, relationships are easy. Like it's not that hard. They maybe think they're just speaking a truth, but that's actually the way they choose to think about it. So, um, she was getting a lot of feedback from her parents about how to have a bad (laughs) relationship that doesn't feel good. And so the homework is to go to those couples that you admire and ask them, how did you create this? What is your mindset around relationships? So Yeah, both by observation and then also (laughs) by asking them. So that's homework for everybody now. Um, So let's talk about your breakthrough, which was that exclusivity isn't marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell us about that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even realized I had that mindset until I considered being exclusive with somebody and was having hesitation around it because it's like, I don't know if I can see myself marrying this person. And then it like dawned on me, like, you don't know enough about this person to make that decision. And exclusivity isn't saying like, I'm lifelong committed to you. It's just, I want to make extra space to just get to know you. And explore this relationship a little bit deeper. And if that is also as enjoyable as the first couple dates we went on, then we can continue on from there. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, exclusivity is a baby step, it's not marriage. But, yeah, I think a lot of people stay casual for so long because of that thought of, like, I don't know what this will lead to, or I don't know what this relationship is, the way you find out is by taking the next step if all the elements are there. Um, so you're exclusive with somebody now. Am. yeah. Yeah. How did that unfold with those steps? Like how long were you dating and then how did you get into taking that baby step together?
1: Yeah, we had been dating for I think about a month. Um, we had seen each other a couple of times and had kind of determined that we were very similar and had a lot of like shared values and interests. Um, And then he had gone on an international trip for a week. And I was like, well, this will probably just be the end of it, like there's no recovering after that much time. Um, But he had reached out after returning. and. I had gotten COVID at that point and was like no sorry I'm sick I can't do anything and I don't know if that was just me having COVID or also trying to like sabotage the connection that was there and he had offered to make me soup and that was both so exciting I was like ah this is like Mm -hmm. the borderline movie moment where like Make you soup, and I really wanted it, but everything in me wanted to push back, be like, No, that's all right, because it felt too vulnerable to be like, Yes, I want that soup. So it took like everything in me to be like, Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Only if you really want to, though. (laughs) And so I think, in order for us to get to that point of having the exclusivity conversation a couple weeks later, the like turning point was me being willing to be a bit more vulnerable in the relationship um, and to let him in, which is not my strong suit. (laughs) But I think I actually have COVID to think there. Like it took my walls down and I had to be a little bit vulnerable and it kind of shifted the dynamic a bit.
0: Yeah. I love that. So part of the vulnerability was accepting these gestures from somebody Um, do you feel like you've grown in vulnerability in other ways with this person as well?
1: Yeah, I think as we've been exclusive, I've been having more um, like honest conversations with him about maybe fears I'm having or things I'm considering and kind of letting him see behind the curtain. Um, And it's been... Stressful for me to (laughs) open up more to a connection. But I think you call them bids for connection and like these are the opportunities to bond. And um on the other side of sharing something vulnerable is has always been like a greater connection, and we have a good conversation about it, and we're able to like give each other advice, and it's really nice. Um, but I'm still I'm learning to trust that being vulnerable is okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what you just said there is really good. On the other side of being vulnerable is the possibility for a deeper connection,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And we just, we close off that possibility when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable.
1: Yes. And sometimes when I'm trying to avoid the relationship or pull back a little bit, I'll stop being vulnerable and then I'll, I have that story queued up in my head of like, oh, we don't have a connection. See, this isn't going to work out. And I have to like stop it. I'm like, no, this is a two-person game. Yes. <laughs> you have to share just as much as he is. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if the listeners haven't noticed yet, um, you did identify yourself as avoidant attached <laughs> <laughs> when you first had your first session. Um, do you feel like that still resonates?
1: Hmm. Yes and no. Um yes when i got to the exclusivity phase but then before that in the dating phase a lot of the behaviors i had pegged as avoidant i think we had kind of talked together about and that was another breakthrough i had is maybe these aren't avoidant tendencies these are just me realizing the other person isn't my match and i want to stop seeing them yeah but in order to avoid that pain of, like, letting somebody go, I'd be like, oh, I'm just being avoidant. Keep getting to know them. Right. And so really getting clear on what I was looking
0: for and being okay
1: with walking away.
0: Yeah. So what were some of those things that you pegged as being avoidant?
1: Um, if I didn't, like, you have your, the five elements, yeah, elements, <laughs> yeah of the relationship. And if one of those were like failing, it'd be like, i tried to justify, um, why it was like my fault they were failing. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to like give it more time just to see rather than just be like, Nope, this is failing. This isn't the right connection. Move on. But so to not take the internal blame for, every reason the relationship isn't working out Mm -hmm. but just to be like um this is a place we're not compatible and that's okay
0: yeah yeah that's one thing in coaching sessions no matter what you tell me your attachment style is I'm always going to tell you the opposite just to question it a little bit (laughs) so even if you say like I'm extremely anxious in dating. I'm so anxious. Like we've seen that with some other women in the group. And what I tell them is no, actually you're perfectly attuned to what's Mm -hmm. going on in your connection. And same for if you say that you're avoidant, it doesn't mean that you don't have that tendency or like don't run that way. But when people put themselves in that box it prevents them from being able to make decisions that actually feel right to them because they write off all of their intuitions. Mm -hmm. This is just me being anxious. This is just me being avoidant. And then it's really hard to access. Okay. But when is it actually me not feeling right in this connection? Like for real. (laughs) So yeah. One thing that you worked on was being okay with letting those connections go And um, one thing we were talking about too is the investment fallacy, which I forget the actual term for that. But tell us a little bit about your thought around the investment that you made in connections.
1: Yeah. When I would realize this isn't the right connection, I was scared to let it go because I had already invested some amount of time into it. And so I felt like it would have been a waste to spend a couple hours getting to know this person and then to walk away. And so that caused me to stay longer than I should have. Um, and I think the ultimate mindset shift I had to have in order to walk away from connections is like, it doesn't have to end in exclusivity to be worth something. It could have just been teaching you something else or been like one rung on the ladder, getting
0: you to where you wanted to be. Yes, so. that's a really positive mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's like an example of something you learned from connections that didn't lead to exclusivity?
1: Um, some of them taught me like energy types I just don't match with. <laughs> like, um, others. We tried, like, new hobbies, and I learned certain activities that I enjoyed doing, and then I would actually, like, use them on other dates with people, like, going dancing um, was a new hobby that I kind of picked up.
0: Um, I love it. You became a professional dancer.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've got seven hours of um, training under my belt now, so... (laughs) Um, let's see, just the process of going on dates and learning that strategy. I think for a long time, I had a lot of shame that I wasn't a good dater and I just wanted to be like everybody else that was like good and they seemed naturally skilled at it. And I just wanted to be able to be good at dating. And I didn't realize that it was a skill that needed to be cultivated. Mm -hmm. rather than just something everybody else was given and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I had to be willing to just play in the mud a little bit, take a few risks, have many, many dates (laughs) not go well, um, to get used to the process and to also not have such high anxiety in all my dates that I wasn't able to foster a connection.
0: Yeah and um so one thing that we do in the program is we kind of set the tempo for one date per week uh tell me a little bit about how that affected you yeah um
1: when you first shared that the tempo was one date per week i both thought that was too many and too few (laughs) (laughs) i thought there's no way i can fit one date a week into my schedule like i am just too busy for that um and it turns out that's not true <laughs> and then once i had started dating a bit i had tried to ramp it up to like okay i'm getting better at this i can fit two or three or four into a week and i quickly realized that's the fast path to burnout <laughs> yes <laughs> and so i don't, i wish i could have go back and tell myself like no actually just go on one date a week so that you can um invest in dating and trying to build this area of your life but not have to abandon anything else that's going on like you can still invest in your friendships and your family and your hobbies and your work you don't have to let that all go to fit
0: in one 30 minute coffee date
1: <laughs> a week so.
0: yeah and so tell us a little bit about your exclusive connection now what is it like what made you know that you wanted to be exclusive with this person
1: yeah i think i knew i wanted to be exclusive after talking it through (laughs) with one of my girlfriends i was like i don't know if i want to date this person or not and like uh, so she was like, okay, let's talk it through. And she was like, everything you're sharing is like a good connection. I'm excited for you about this. And I'm like, but I'm really scared. And she's like, I think you just need to lean into it and see where it goes. And it sounds like everything you're sharing um, describes a good connection. And so I like, I resonated with that of like just because I'm scared of getting to know somebody deeper <laughs> That doesn't justify not getting to know them. And so, I don't know, we had enjoyed all of our time together and it was like refreshingly different than a lot of other dynamics I'd explored. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be getting to know him. So, yeah, yeah
0: that's such a good friend you have, <laughs> co-coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is really good feedback, especially if you do identify as more avoidant in dating, um, there can be that fear and we have to lean in no matter what your attachment style is. Like also if you're anxious, there's a lot of fear and you lean in and you do it right. So um, of course making sure like with the five elements, it's the right person to do that and they, you have a good connection and the connection is there. It doesn't mean it will resolve all the fear but then you just have the courage to lean in a little bit anyways. So since then, how has it been in the connection?
1: It's been good. Um, We've spent a few weekends together, and this past weekend was our last weekend apart, which is nice to explore giving the relationship space Mm -hmm. and what that looks like of um, still... Having our own lives and parting ways, and then coming back together, and I was excited or like curious to see how my thoughts would change like while we had this space um, and I kind of had to have a, a shift over the weekend rather than just like hyper fixating on like, do you miss him yet? do you miss him yet? That's the sign <laughs> that this is the right relationship if you like miss him and you don't want to be in your life and I was like. <laughs> okay (laughs) you can like take a little space yourself like even though you're not physically connected right now you have to be like mentally disconnected um while you're taking different space so that you can still uh, like i'm an introvert i need that introvert time um and then it was nice after i actually took that space and did my own thing then that desire came in and it was like, now I want to share this with him rather than just like trying to force myself. <laughs>
0: to miss yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to notice as well, especially if you're introverted. Cause I've definitely had that. Um, like I remember with a boyfriend asking him like, how much would you like to see each other? Ideally? and He was like, well, I'd actually like to hang out like every day. And I was like, okay, I'm good with twice a week. <laughs> it wasn't that I didn't want to get to like every day or, and I loved hanging out with him. Um, But I just wasn't there yet and I'm introverted and I need that time and I need that space and I need to do my other things as well. So I just wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't mean that your connection isn't there with that person. So that is a great insight. And what do you like the most about him?
1: I like that he pushes me out of my shell a little bit. Like we are definitely opposite ends of the risk taking spectrum. I'm like the play it safe in all areas. And he's like, let's just go for it <laughs> and try new things. And so I think it's a fun dynamic that we both play off of each other in. And I, I don't know, like one of our dates was like, he asked me, what, what's something you've never done before that you really want to do? <laughs> and then we just went and we did those items. Like we, what? yeah, it was so fun.
0: <laughs> that is, what were the things?
1: They were like, I don't know, getting ice cream from the grocery store, like way late and <laughs> just like eating it all. Um, we went like stargazing, which was really fun. And, Um, We went to a drive-in movie theater. It was just all these like random things that we just kept like stringing together. I love that.
0: This sounds like, you know, it's so funny. I was just listening to Tim McGraw, the song by Taylor Swift in the shower Mm -hmm. (laughs) this morning. (laughs) And now it's just making me think of that. Like I was gosh, I remember all the lyrics when she's singing it, but it's like, they're stargazing and like all of that. I'm like, oh, this sounds like that song, like you know, Jim McGraw song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners of the podcast? Or what would you share with yourself four months ago before you joined the program? If you could go back and give yourself any wisdom or advice?
1: Well, I think I would tell myself four months ago that it takes time to see results and to just trust the process. Um, and the little wins along the way are what gets you to where you want to be. And so I don't, know, don't shame yourself if you're going slower than you think you are. Like the little lesson that is meant to be learned today, like how to show up on date number two, even though you're scared or how to have a conversation around a topic that you've never shared before those are all like little wins that are worth celebrating Mm -hmm. um and it's all part of the journey of creating a relationship I think the goal for me at least was to be in a relationship but that doesn't mean that's the only victory that Mm -hmm. can come from dating somebody
0: That is so great. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because I just said that to one of the new women who joined the next group. (laughs) And I was just telling her to um, really like value those little mini tiny shifts because you'll just be shocked even in a month, like where Mm -hmm. that adds up to, or three months, or let alone a year. Right. So um, I'm really glad that you shared that with everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Bye, Amber.